Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. So let's talk about COVID fatigue. So let's be honest now. We are all tired of being in quarantine. Since the beginning of March, all of our lives have been turned around. We've seen businesses and restaurants closed, weddings and graduations canceled or postponed, and personally, my birthday as well. And boredom has completely and fully set in. Unless you're an infectious disease doctor, I've been pretty busy. COVID-19 has been a major news story for six months, and few of us have gone even a day without hearing or talking about it. We are all ready for this to be over. However, just because we are done with the coronavirus, the coronavirus is definitely not done with us. Most states are not ready to open when you look at the numbers, but pressures from citizens and especially business owners is pushing policy toward, in our consideration here, very risky practices. The lockdown hurt the economy drastically, especially for small businesses and the entertainment and food industry. And that is even especially here in New Orleans, where we do have world-class food and music entertainment. As a result, these industries have been leaning heavily on local governments to reopen in spite of the potential danger to people's lives. And as states reopen, the numbers have been increasing dramatically of COVID cases. The responsible course of action when this happens is to snap back or to to freeze reopening or take a step back until things are a bit more under control. However, many states like Florida, Georgia, Arizona, and Texas have continued with their aggressive reopening policies, even with dramatic increases in cases over the past three weeks. And in fact, at the time of recording this podcast, Florida and Texas are posting their highest ever uh, cases. And and I think that maybe Governor Abbott in Texas is going to probably stop moving forward with openings. But Doc Griggs, what are your, your thoughts on all this? <laughs> yeah, Doc. <laughs> Ain't you tired? <laughs> I know I am. <clears throat> COVID-19 fatigue is real. <clears throat> and the more we hear about it constantly, the easier it is to believe that it, it is normal just another flu, and we should go back to living our lives. Somebody flip the switch. But when we look at the overall picture and see over 100,000 deaths in a span of just four months, we're reminded that this is not normal. We've heard people say that we can't be in quarantine forever. Others say we should just let the disease run its course through the population, knowing full well that this will result in thousands more deaths. But when we say over 100,000 people have died, it's easy to forget that each one of those numbers is a person with loved ones. Everything is unreal until it knocks on your door. This pandemic is not over, and our complacency and fatigue are allowing it to balloon out of control again. If we don't take a strong stance and work together, people are going to die. And sadly, it's going to be all our fault. Ain't you tired? I am. Yeah. 
Pregnancy and COVID-19 Revisited. The CDC has released new data that indicates an increased risk of COVID-19 for women in their third trimester of pregnancy. Current data reports show that they have an increased risk of hospitalization, ICU admission, and need for mechanical ventilation, although the risk of death remains the same between both groups. The CDC looked at data and compared pregnant women who tested positive for COVID-19 to non-pregnant women of the same age group who also tested positive, and they found a significant increase in hospitalization rate as well as a slight increased risk in ICU admissions and mechanical ventilation. Of course, there is a much lower threshold for hospitalizing a pregnant woman since it is the best way to monitor the baby. The slight variation in ICU admissions and use of ventilation could be because of different thresholds for treatment. It could also have to do with the health of the fetus. For example, if a non-pregnant woman is short of breath, doctors may tolerate her oxygen level going down to 94 and do nothing. However, this same oxygen level may cause fetal distress, at which point the woman would be given oxygen. Doc, things are, things are changing? Yeah, you know, we actually talked about in one of our other various media entities that, and, and there were some initial stories that, that pre- it seemed as though pregnancy was not affected uh, by coronavirus. And that was somewhat surprising because we saw that pregnancy was a risk factor for Ebola and for some of the other epidemic viruses like H5N1 and H1N1. So it was sort of surprising that it may not have been the case here. So the moral of the story is that this new data is not a reason to panic, but pregnant women but pregnant women should become a little bit more cautious, especially during the mid to late third trimester. There is a lot to learn about COVID-19. And as data comes out, recommendations are likely to change. This new data also highlights how important it is to include pregnant and breastfeeding women in clinical trials for treatments and vaccines in a safe and controlled way. This next story is going to be read by one of our writers, uh, Celeste Jupiter. Who's super dope, by the way? At the beginning of quarantining procedures, our natural environment appeared to improve as a result of the lack of human impact causing harm. Yet now, conservationists are bringing to light the detrimental effect of COVID-19 PPE floating throughout our oceans. The two most frequent PPE pollutants that appear across the shores are single-use gloves and masks. Though COVID-19 PPE waste only makes up 5% of the total waste collected at the moment, many conservation organizations expect this percentage to escalate quickly. Medical waste is at an all-time high, but now it's not just the healthcare workers that are using single-use PPE. It's the population of the world at more than 7 billion people. One possibility for the growing rate of single-use waste is due to many states terminating their recycling programs while they focus on issues more directly related to COVID-19. Without these programs, pollutants end up in the natural environments rather than to be disposed or to be reused. The issue of PPE waste contaminating oceans and other environments has driven the shift towards consumption of reusable PPE. Many people have taken the role of designing and selling cloth masks that can be washed and reused. Not only are reusable masks more beneficial to the environment, but they save people money too. Single-use medical masks are becoming more expensive as demand increases rapidly. With reusable masks, you can buy them once and reuse them countless times. 
So, Doc Griggs, Dr. Derry, what do you guys think on this? You know, this is uh, it takes us back to uh, the idea of, of certainly making sure that we uh, utilize the resources uh, in a judicious sort of way. In the very beginning, when testing took forever to get results back, we were going through so much PPE at the time. And at that point, uh, you know, the test now, and we need to move ourselves to more rapid tests. And we're going to get them with the antigen where people can tell within 15 minutes if somebody's positive or not. And that's going to help significantly decrease the usage of PPE as well. So we need to make PPE more personal and take it in a really literal sense. Use your personal items to make your PPE. You can take a scarf and rubber bands to do the exact same thing that we need. All we're requiring right now is a cloth mask to keep your hands and your bugs to yourself. It's not uh, It's not difficult. It's it, it's personal. So let's let's make it that way. Yeah, and I do want to say I do like the idea of reusable masks. Yeah. And we're seeing hospitals starting to do that more uh, as well. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.